So how does it, uh, I guess I'm talking to one of the newest members of the UFC, <laughs> UFC roster. Is this fair to say? Fair to say. Yeah. <clears throat> Just signed the contract. So excited about that for sure. Has it, uh, your approach to D1 wrestling, is it the same exact when you go in here? Obviously, the technique's different. you got to learn a whole new skill set, which you're doing that on a daily basis and showcasing it, and we will get more into that. But is your mindset the same, Bo Nickel, of going in for an NCAA t- title, you know, wrestling for Penn State and becoming what you did there, your, um, your historic career there? Is it the same exact mindset when you stand across that octagon as it is sen- standing in the center of that wrestling mat? Um. I would say it's very similar. You know, I think 90% of it is the same. Um, you know, the, the, the 10% that is different, I would say, is when, when you're competing collegiately, you know, you, you have uh, – it's still, it's still amateur, right? Like, you're still wrestling, you know, amateur. And now with myself fighting, you know, I, I win the fight, I get a check, which is nice. But it's more about, you know, approaching it with a professional mindset with – of a professional and um i think as a college kid you know you get especially in a program like penn state like you get that to a certain extent and you you certainly get it a lot more than most people that professionalism but you know when you're really on your own and and step into that octagon that way for me it's 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 a little bit different because i am a professional in this and it's my career it's what i do every day and uh what i what i'm you know pursuing in that in that regard and so it, it is a little different but i think i've had a nice build up to this point so it doesn't really feel too different we touched on this last time but you're starting to master the art of uh smack talking a little bit um this is what a lot of the wealthiest fighters and good fighters have done to to sell a fight the nate diaz's the conor mcgregor's uh the Dong Kings. I'm wearing a shirt right now that we're going to get into, Bo Nickel, of Iron Mike Tyson, who's my favorite combat combative athlete of all time. I think he's the best ever. Um, but where did this come from? You, were you a shit talker in college? I mean, wrestling's a little different because that's like something that's really looked down upon, I would say. So, like, if you just say, like, one thing in wrestling in that sense, it's kind of like, whoa, like, this dude's crazy. Like that's, a, that's a lot. So I, I, I tried to keep to myself a little bit, um, in that arena, but you know, that, that was also something where in, uh, in, inside my team, you know, at Penn state, that was just like, we like ribbing each other. We like, you know, competition obviously. And, and that was something that was like common practice, you know, amongst friends and teammates, you know, not necessarily that you would say it to a guy you're competing against, you know, from Iowa or whatever, you don't want to be disrespectful, but when you know each other really well and your teammates and friends and you're close, you know, but you compete against each other every day in practice, you, you know, you start trash talk a little bit and, and this and that. And for me, the way I've always approached trash talk and the way I'm going to approach it in MMA is just like, first off, a lot of people ask me questions like, do you think you can beat this guy? Do you think you can beat this guy? How do you match up with this guy? And people take it as trash talk when I say, like, yeah, I'll, I'll beat that guy. So it's like, I don't really feel like I'm trash talking when I say I, I, feel, I believe in myself. And also at the same time, you know, I'll just come with facts and come with, um, you know, past experience and things like that. Like, to me, that's the most effective trash talk. I'm like, yo, I've been doing this five times as long as you. I put more work in. I, I have a better setup. I'm more disciplined. I'm more committed. And I know that because this and this and this, and then if, if people want to call that trash talk and that's fine, but to me, it's just every single day I, I live this, I live it out. And, and if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. So, you know, I think the media likes to build it up and hype it up for, but for me, it's just being honest and being true to myself. And you know, I think I can be anybody in the world. And so, you know, most people, think that that's some that's a crazy statement but i don't really think of it that way i mean if you're in your game if you're in the game that you are in the career path that you're going down you have to think that way right i mean you can't be beat before uh, i remember the mike tyson we referred to just a second ago michael spinks face off remember before he knocked michael spinks out in 91 seconds through the ropes 
Michael Spinks was beat before the bell even went off. He looked scared as heck. You can't go in there scared. I mean, I know the nerves are going to set in, your natural nerves, but you 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 have to think you're going to beat it. You can beat anybody, right? Yeah, you know, I think the difference between between myself and and most people is like when I when I say those things, I mean it and it's from the bottom of my heart and with every fiber of my being and and you know, that's that's the truth to me. That's that's honesty and I think a lot of guys say stuff and talk, you know, this way, that way, start saying things. They don't, they don't really believe it. They're really playing a character. And I think, you know, the, a lot of the reason that I don't really have, you know, there, there's some people that have kind of come at me a little bit saying, yo, slow your roll, this and that. But for the most part, I've had tons and tons of support and I've had, you know, people saying like, more often than not, like, yeah, you can do this. Like, yeah, you are going to do this. And I think the reason that I don't really have too many people hating on me is because they know deep down, like I'm honest and I really mean it. And I live that life and that, you know, regardless of how, you know, astronomical my goals sound to most people, like I think that people will realize if anybody's going to do it, it would probably be me. And so they don't want to hate on me and trash talk or, and, and, and try to bring me down because even if they don't want me to win in the back of their mind, they know like, Hey man, he probably is going to do that. Like he could, he could definitely do that. So that's yeah. Again, just. How do you think you got the critics on your side? I've seen a lot of remarks about how you are on a neck on a, another level that Bo nickel is going to, is taking the world by storm. Bo nickel it can't be, you know, they're putting you up against some great fighters already. How do you think it happened so fast? Like, was there a game plan to get this? Do you have a big marketing team behind you or how did it get to this point so fast for you? I mean, I don't have a marketing team. I don't have a game plan per se in that sense. I feel like now with where I'm at, I, uh, I'm starting to implement, you know, and bring together more of a team in regards to like content and social media and stuff and having discussions with my managers about, you know, how to handle myself in the media. But you know, that that's up to this point, it's just kind of been me going on instinct and what I feel is right. And my natural kind of inclination to say what I feel. And, um, I think that the reason that people, like I'm a three and O fighter. They're already ma- trying to match me up with the champ, match me up with top five guys is because they know that I do live. I do live that life and, and that I'm disciplined. I'm committed to my sport and I'm not just rolling in here fresh with no experience. Like everybody knows that my wrestling experience is light years ahead of a- anyone else's uh, in, in, in my same uh, arena that I'm competing in. And so, you know, I just think that, again, it's just me being genuine, me being honest and not afraid to say what I think and say how I feel. And, you know, people followed my wrestling career. If they do any research on that, they know, you know, what I did in that arena. And so I think that's kind of why people are already building this up so much is just that, that I'm uh, that guy through and through every single day, not just in the media when the camera's on. I think they can kind of sense it that that's just who I am all the time. What about your three and O record, <clears throat> the opponents so far, are they on your level? Has it been too easy? Have you been challenged at all? Let's start with the last one. Um, it was quick. It was under a minute. Are these fights too easy for you? Are, are these fights getting you ready for what could happen with the top five opponent? Well, I think, you know, I'm a year into this, so it's not like I'm, five years into this and, and, you know, going that slow, right? Like there's always a balance, right? It's the same as in, in business or anything you want to be successful in. It's important to set a strong foundation and, you know, kind of, uh, have sustainable, manageable growth, you know, regardless of what you're doing. And so for me, like I'm a business, uh, I want to make sure that I'm matching myself up correctly with fights. And so, you know, the first guy I fought, he had a ton of amateur experience. He was an O and O professional and I was an O and O professional. You know, my, the second guy I fought, he was three and O professional. I was one and O, you know, triple the experience as me. The last guy I fought seven and one, I was two and O quadruple the experience of me. So, you know, I think that it says a lot that I'm finishing these guys the way I'm finishing them, but it also, 
I think people, because I finish them so fast, because I'm putting on these great performances, people like to like make an excuse as to why I'm doing it. And in reality, like all these guys have way more fights than me, way more experience. And if it's not me, you're matching up, if you're matching up another two and O pro or a one and O pro against these guys. Like, you know, they're, they're probably not going to be looking too good, but for me, it's just about, again, back to what I was saying initially that manageable growth. So I'm fighting better and better guys each time. And by, you know, summer of 24, I'll probably be fighting for the belt. Just, you know, I want to stay active and continue to fight. And the, my, the next guy fight will be a little better. And it's the same thing. You know, I don't want to jump too fast, too quick. Uh, but I want to make sure I'm making intelligent decisions. And yeah, when my time comes, then I'll be ready. As the boss man said anything to you, what's the relationship like with Dana? Um, do you like him? Do you like working for him? Um, is he a fan? Give me the, give, give the listeners an idea of your relationship with Dana White. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I haven't had too much, uh, interaction with him, you know, after my first fight on contender series, he, uh, you know, came up to me, said, awesome fight, this and that, you know, let's, let's do it again in six weeks. And that was something I was perfectly comfortable with. And, uh, you know, then after my last fight, obviously he was very excited about that performance. And I really feel like, you know, he wants me to win. He wants to build me up. He wants me to be a big star in the sport and in the UFC. So, you know, that, that to me is, uh, a cool thing when you're on the same page as a guy like that. And he wants, uh, you know, I can tell like that, uh, he, we need new stars in this sport. We need new American stars that are up and coming, you know, like myself. And it's kind of exciting to be the, in the position that I am and, and to feel that support from uh, the company. What do, what do you, at this point in your MMA career, Bo Nickel, what are your strengths? I'm going to guess the obvious. I'm not guessing the obvious with, if you're going to be a great MMA star, you, the best of all time have a wrestling background, in my opinion. Um, Connor's a great fighter. He's a great seller of fights he's made an unbelievable amount of revenue and good for him he's more power to conor mcgregor but when he's been tested on this on the on his ground game of getting taken down by whether it was khabib or nate diaz took him down and choked him out um you could see the lack of wrestling in, in a superstar um it, it was obvious to me watching him his lack of wrestling he catches you with one of those rights or a left to, to the gut or whatever yeah he'll he could Connor's a great fighter. Don't get me wrong, but you have a wrestling background. You have conditioning. What else do you have that you, that you've seen so far a year into it? Well, you know, I think um, if you, if you look at a guy like Connor McGregor, you know, obviously he has skills, but more than anything, like he's a, he's a star at this point. He's like a celebrity, you know, out there fighting and not to knock his skills, but we've seen how his recent fights have gone. They haven't, he hasn't fared well. You know, but then we see other guys that have no celebrity, that have no personality, that are very skilled, that, you know, just kind of aren't going to get to that top upper echelon of the sport because of whatever reason. People don't want to watch them fight. I, I see myself kind of like a, a good balance of both those things. Like, I'm going to be able to speak my mind, say what I think, and – draw people to want to watch me that's how it's always been since i was a kid they want to watch me wrestle and they in college is the same thing and now into fighting a bigger arena it'll be the same thing you know people want to watch me but with that being said i'll be able to back it up with performance and you know that's i think where for myself um i separate from you know that that good fighter that nobody wants to watch and also that you know fighter that everybody wants to see that doesn't that can't back it up like i'm right there mi mixing the best of of both worlds and the reason that that's the case is because i'm disciplined i'm committed and there's things that i will not compromise on um and so we can talk about you know yeah i'm good at wrestling or i'm good at this skill or my boxing's getting better or you know my jiu-jitsu's getting better but i think at the end of the day i just approach the sport in a professional manner and um, I'm not out there to, you know, mess around or to gain Instagram followers or this and that I'm there to win fights and I'm every single decision I make in my life reflects that. 
and it's gonna show at the end of the day when all the chips are pushed into the middle of the table and uh yeah i'll be you know able to kind of mix the best of both worlds as far as you know promotion and performance has your chin ever been tested bo nichols have you ever have you ever been smoked like uh can you take a punch is my question yeah you know i think um obviously that's a big question in a lot of people's mind just because i've had five fights in the last year i haven't been hit a single time um so of course people are going to ask or, or, or say, oh yeah, he's good, but I want to see his chin tested, this and that. And at the end of the day, it's just like such a weird question to me because I'm never going to want to get hit. Like, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, if you have a quarterback in the NFL and you're like, oh yeah, he's throwing you know, five touchdowns a game, but let's see how he does when he gets sacked. It's like, let's see how he responds. It's like, okay, well, there's always that what if and, and this weird idea like, oh, what if he does get hit, this and that. And, you know, for me, that's I'm, – I'm worried about not getting hit, not how strong my chin is. So, you know, for me, yeah, and I've been, been cracked a lot. I, I trained with a, you know, guy who was a amateur a collegiate boxing national champion who has 60-plus amateur boxing fights. You know, I'm coming in with zero boxing – and yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting cracked in there once in a while. And, uh, the same thing, I go down to American top team in Florida to test myself, push myself against good guys. And of course I'm getting hit. Of course I'm getting tagged. That's what happens when you train for hours and hours every day against top level fighters in the world. And so I'm not worried at all about my chin. That's something I feel confident in. And, you know, some, some people like to, uh, talk about, you know, wrestling and wrestling strength and, one of the strongest parts of a wrestler's body is their neck. That's, you know, the reason a lot of wrestlers don't, don't get knocked out because they got that, that wrestler. Neck. So I'm not really too worried about getting hit hard in a fight. And, but I'm also not planning on getting hit very much. I like that approach. I like the, 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 the neck part of the, the wrestling. I think of Dan Henderson, Hendo. I don't know if I've ever seen him get knocked out. I've seen him get beat. I've seen him get taken down. Cormier took him down. I didn't like that fight. I didn't like Hendo's approach in that fight. But as a whole, yeah, you're right. I think that neck is so important. What is the, what is the, like the body fat, the strength, the overall physique? Um, are you where you want to be mus muscle wise? The build, your waistline, your quadriceps, your ass, your back. Like, are you uh, you you're built? Um, when I look at you, like on the mat, you don't look like a wrestler to me. Okay. I, I, that's not an insult, but you don't, you look more like a, maybe a, a pitcher in baseball until you see yeah. your ears. Again, that's not another insult. I would never talk shit to you, Bo Nickel, but I could tell you're a wrestler when I look at your ears. That's, you know, that's a, a pretty common thing with wrestling. Um, but are, is your physique where you want it to be for an MMA career? Yeah, that's, I, I, I feel like, you know, one thing for me is I've kind of always been, long lanky and uh i i haven't been able to rely on strength to uh win wrestling matches and you know now i haven't been able to rely on strength to win fights but when i look at um like of course i'm strong of course i lift weights of course i put put in work there because i'm a professional but i think that the way i grew up i'll never and the way i competed as a kid it just instilled in me like the idea that I'm going to win because I'm better than this guy at what I'm doing, not because I'm stronger or this and that. And so, you know, when I got to college, things started to even out quite a bit, like, you know, high school, early middle school, you know, I'm, I'm giving up strength to a lot of guys. Like I'm 26 years old. There's not another guy on the planet that is my size, my weight, that's going to be able to push me around or move me any type of way they want to. And that has to do with, you know, technique of course but also you know just maturing and 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 getting stronger naturally so with when i look at like my physique and there's always ways to improve it and ways to get better my main focus is going to be getting better at my sport at what i what i do every day and making slow incremental uh adjustments to my biology and my physiology to where 
when I'm 31, 32 and the prime of my athletic career, I think that I will look, I will look much different than I do now. The same as I look different, you know, as a 21 year old college kid versus now. And, um, so yeah, that's important to me. That's something that I want to continue to develop and improve. But, uh, the most important part is being, being good at fighting. What does it mean to be good at fighting as far as the, the, the strategy part of it, when you get in, into the octagon and the guy is, you know, you could throw hands in the mirror all day. You could hit a heavy bag, you could spar, but when the adrenaline's going and it's finally time to throw down, what, what does it mean to be a good fighter? Like when you get in there, like I could watch you and say, Oh, he's, he's having a great fight. But in your mind, Bo nickel, what does it mean? Are you, are you uh, two or three steps ahead of this guy at all time? You've broken down enough film on this guy. Your guys have young careers. There's not a lot of film out there so far. You're going to fight guys soon that have more film for you to break down. If you even do that with your coaches and your team, but what does it mean to be a good fighter? How are you projecting yourself as a good fighter ahead of these other guys that have more experience than you? Right. Well, I think that, you know, in regards to, to preparation and getting ready for the fight, I definitely prepare better than anyone else. Um, and that's just due to having good coaches and having people, that are leaders and who are able to kind of teach me different ways to help get ready physically, help get ready mentally and, and have a game plan and be able to stick to it. You know, I, I kind of look at it like, like the military, you know, if you're, uh, if you're in the military and you're planning, uh, and you're going to war and you're, you're planning to attack another group of soldiers, this and that, like you, you, you break everything down to the point where, there's no emotion involved. It's, it's only your training and all the time and effort you put in and hours and hours that you put in preparing. That's what comes to light. And so for me, it's, I think that some of the best fighters are the guys that can, um, kind of come in there with, without emotion and think of it very objectively and logically and think of just, accomplishing the task at hand rather than, Oh, this is such a big fight or there's so much pressure or, Oh, if I lose this fight, everyone's going to make fun of me. Like those are all thoughts that are going to come into your head, but it's really, you know, if you want to be successful, you have to be able to replace those thoughts with thoughts of what, how you're going to practically what you're going to, what techniques you're going to apply to win the fight. And that's, that's, it's as simple as that. The guy that wins the fight, is the guy that it's not the guy that works the hardest or that put the most time in, or the guy that had the best coaches or the guy that's bigger or stronger or taller. It's the guy, the guy that wins the fight is just the guy that wins the fight, you know? And so for me, it's just accomplishing the task, making it very simple and being able to um, make good decisions under pressure. That's, that's kind of, and that, that's where I live every day in training. And that's what I focus on you know, getting better at and, uh, yeah, then, you know, just try to eliminate all emotion from the situation. This last fight was under a minute. You, 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 you win in a submission, but you landed some punches quick, but did you get some pressure put on you? Did he get you in a vulnerable position for a second and your wrestling takes over and, and, and you, and you, and you just get, you know, you put yourself in the, uh, give yourself the advantage again. Did I see that or, Take us through that 59 seconds of, right. of victory right there. What happened? Well, you know, I could I could kind of sense the guy's energy right away. He was a, pretty nervous. Um, I could tell he was worried. And when we got in the ring, initially, like, I'm just assessing the situation, just seeing what he's got for me, you know, being patient and seeing, like, is he going to come forward aggressive? Is he going to sit back and wait for me? And, you know, he – back and wait so at that point when he chose to sit back and wait I'm thinking um you know just to create a comfortable a comfortable environment for him to where he doesn't feel like he's in danger and you know there's a lot of different ways I do that um but just kind of let this guy settle down a little bit get that nervous energy out and you know see just assessing seeing how he reacts and uh you know I got my read on him kind of where I could predict what he was going to do. And then, uh, 
after that, then it was, it was, everything else was kind of a formality um, because I already, you know, had to assess the whole situation. And that's not only in the fight in that, you know, short time in the fight, but just prepping, watching film and getting ready for the fight up to that point. And uh, then when I actually, you know, hit him, knocked him down, dropped him, everything else like that, that, that part of the fight's a formality. That's like a foregone conclusion. So of course, drop him and we're on the ground. Uh, I did, I did, I think one thing I could have done better has been more patient. You know, I jumped on him pretty fast and kind of, um, your momentum seemed to like maybe take you over the top of him a little bit or something. Not, not that it took him over the top of him, but I just needed to have more space there to where I could have landed a few more punches. I probably would have finished him TKO a little quicker, but I was also just like kind of taking the less risky route of like getting on top of him and securing the position. And at that point when I was on top of him and I had a hold of him, there's really no chance for that guy to ever get away from me or escape. And so, um, when I rolled to the triangle, that's a move I do all the time in training. I, it's one of my best submissions. And, uh, it's actually funny cause my coach was like yelling, no, 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 not to go to your back. Cause everybody in MMA thinks, you know, don't go to your back. Right. But for me, I'm not super, uh, I, I like to be safe and be smart, but I'm also not, uh, if you watch my wrestling career, I'm not, super afraid of taking risks. And so, um, when I rolled to my back, I knew that, that all the technique and the training was there from hours and hours of reps. And I knew I'd be able to finish him, um, in that triangle. And so, like I said, it was just kind of a formality, all the training, everything led up to that. It was, you know, that was the way it was going to go no matter what. So there was not any pressure on you towards the end of that fight. Like you got yourself in a little bit of a bad position by being a little overly aggressive. No, I wouldn't say I, <laughs> I, I would say being when I was overly aggressive, it was more so um, me actually uh, over pursuing the situation. And get, when, but when I was on top of them, it was like I was in control. Right. Which wasn't the, it wasn't the worst. Thing, it, it wasn't the necessarily the perfect thing to do, but it was a safe thing to do because I, I had control of them. I was on top of them. You know, a lot of times you see guys, they drop a dude and then they take they sit back and they wait for the guy to come up because they want to get the knockout. But for me, I was like overly aggressive and getting control of the guy because you always want to have good positioning and good control first before you um, advance to try to finish the dude. So when I was on top of him, I was very relaxed in the situation and I could kind of assess like what I needed to do next. And so really the way after I was on top of him, the way he rolled, the best option for me was to go to the triangle. And uh, it was almost like he put himself in that in that position where I, and I just, I let him, let him put himself there. Did he say anything after? No, he didn't say anything. I, I, I actually like it better when it's that way because like, no, I don't want to, I want to show respect to my opponent and stuff, but like we're in a fight. So I don't like this, like lovey dovey, hug each other, kiss each other on the cheek thing after a fight. I don't really like the touch gloves thing before a fight. Like, you know, I have all the respect in the world for all of my opponents. Anybody that steps in there in the cage has my respect and we don't need to do anything more than that. Um, that's what being a part of what being a professional is too, in my mind. So I would rather just go about our business and get on with life. Do you touch gloves? No, nah, I don't touch gloves. It doesn't really make sense. You know, to me, the fight, the rounds five minutes, right? When the ref says fight, the clock's ticking. So we're in a fight. I don't need to touch your glove. I'll shake your hand after I'll shake your hand at the weigh-ins. Like, again, I want to, I don't want to be disrespectful, but if the clock is rolling, I'm fighting. I'm not worrying about touching gloves. What talk to me though, after the fight, you, I, I can't, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure this out. Um, in little league, you you play a team, and then you walk across the field and you slap hands. In college, you shake the guy's hand again, and then the ref raises your hand. I don't even know if you shake the opponent's hand in wrestling in college. Do you? Nope. No, you don't. Shake hands. You shake hands before the match, and you you shake hands after the match. Um, like uh, in the, you you shake your opponent's hand, but you don't go shake the coach's hand. If I I forget if you were talking about the coaches or the opponent, you you do shake hands. Um with your opponent before and after the match. So, so right after your hands raised as the winner, you look at your opponent and you shake his hand in collegiate wrestling, right? Uh, so the way it works is you, you roll out to the center of the mat, you shake hands and then the ref starts the bout. Right. And 
if when, when the bout's over, when the ref blows the whistle and says it's over, you get up, you shake hands, and then they raise your hand. So, then they, so it's before. You're shaking hands before and after the match is starting. Like, you're not in a fight. If I'm going to touch gloves with you, the fight's already started, bro. Like, I'll, I'll shake hands with you before and after. I'm cool with that. But if the clock is ticking, like, I'm fighting you. I'm not worried about. Okay, so wait, that's where I'm confused. So you're talking about when you come to the center of the ring with the for the for the referee's little talk. Yeah. You're gonna you'll touch gloves there, but when you come out to the middle of the octagon, you're not one of those guys that's gonna raise your hand and touch gloves one more time. Yeah, for sure. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, why would I I'll shake your hand before the fight started, but if the fight is going, if like it's the same thing. Like I see guys do this all the time. If uh if a drill starts, let's say you're doing a, a shadow boxing for for three minutes. Right. And you know, the clock starts, the clock starts sticking and they, and they bounce around and, and then like all of a sudden it's, you know, 255, 254, 253. And then they start shadow boxing. It's like, bro, you wasted seven seconds. Like it's a long time. If you do that every rep every day, like that adds up. And so for me, that's just how I train is if the clock's starting, I'm fighting. And it's the same thing in competition. So if the dude's trying to knuckle bump me again, I'm just like, I'm not paying attention to any of that. Like I'm, I'm just here to fight. Now I got, okay. So now what about you come to the middle of the ring after, is there any talk before the decisions made or you, you submit this guy, no decision, which is a, is how you should fight. Never leave it up to the judges. I know that's the Bo nickel ideology. Um, cause you were a, a, a master of sticking people in college in rest in D one's wrestling. Um, but now do you shake hands before, before your hands raised or after do you say, Hey, good fight, brother. Good, good, good talk. Good, you know, good, good, uh, good scrap. Um, I think I, I would shake hands with them, but I don't really need to chat it up with them. Like these aren't my boys. I don't really need, I got a lot of friends, so I don't really need new friends. I'm not looking for new friends. Um, and you know, so all respect to the guys, uh, I'll shake your hand after regardless of the situation, because, that's what you do if you have character. And, um, you know, for me, I'm not really, again, looking to make buddies and sit, talk and, you know, like a couple of schoolgirls. like we'll, we'll just shake hands and get on with it and move on. So I don't, again, I feel good with the friends that I have now. I'm not looking to make any new ones really. <laughs> Especially after you just got done beating his ass. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It just like, it doesn't seem right to me. Because I, I get guys do that. They start hugging each other. Great fight, bro. This and that. It's like, dude, if that's what you're focused on, I'm, that's just a losing attitude in my mind. And it's, it's, you don't have to be disrespectful. You don't have to be a jerk. You don't have to shove it in a guy's face or anything like that if you beat him. But, you know, like at the same time, I don't really like that. Like, all like, I don't know. It's kind of soft to me if you're like hugging each other and after you just went fought each other for all that it's like it's over bro move on what do you what do you weigh right now sitting on that river that i'm looking at sometimes i'm i'm like that water is moving but is Bo like in an office with one of those fake background things that that you put up on your zoo but no that's real that's real beautiful. I, I hope you got your fly rod with you brother oh yeah, yeah no doubt i uh what was the question <laughs> um what do you what do you weigh right now sitting uh, there i'm probably about 205 204 maybe so you're dropping 20 pounds on a cut? Yeah, 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 dropping about 20. So How tall are you? 6 about 61. Do you do you um ever see you going to light heavyweight? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um you know, the plan for me is to clear out the middleweight division and win the belt, defend the title and uh yeah, I would definitely go up to 205 and and uh, win the belt there too. So it's all in due time and it's all one step at a time. So for me right now, I'm just focused on my next fight, but uh, I do have a plan and that does include going up and wait. When you're so focused as you are, Bo Nickel, your entire career, do you pay attention to the rest of the roster, the rest of the weight division? Are you a fight fan? Do you, if I ask you questions about the fight game, I'm not saying I'm going to try to trick you, but like if I said, hey, Bo Nickel, what's the state of the UFC heavyweight division right now do you have a pretty good uh, thumb on what's going on yeah absolutely yeah I, I know what's going on and um i think you know i'm not here to 
I'm not here to idol worship anybody, but there are guys that do things well that I am able to learn from. And so when I watch film and study my sport, I'm uh, assessing it in a way that is very, um, again, objective, emotionless, and it's to get better. It's to improve. It's not to, oh, man, this guy's so good. See how he knocked him out? Like, I don't care about any of that. I care about development. I care about getting better, improving. And so I don't watch highlight videos. If I'm going to watch a fight, I'm going to watch the whole fight from the very first bell till the fight's over. I'm not there to, you know, again, idol worship and say how good this guy is or how good that guy is. Like, cool, man, I don't care. I'm here to get better and I'm focused on what I need to do. So that's, um, but with that being said, yeah, I do. I watch a lot of film. I, I'm, I'm very aware of what's going on in the sport, especially my division. Anybody, you know, I probably watched film on pretty much every single top 15 fighter in, uh, in my division. And that's just me being well-prepared and professional. And, um, you know, I, I think it's the dumbest thing in the world when guys are like, Oh, I don't know. Like they try to act tough and cool. Like they get asked a question about somebody and they're like, I don't even know who that is. It's like, well, you're just kind of negligent then, bro. Like this is your job to know who it is. Like it doesn't make you seem cooler by saying you don't know who a guy is and like, yeah, I get you're trying to like put him down and be disrespectful, but in reality, you just sound dumb because you're not even aware of what's going on in your own division. So that's to me, like kind of my thought process on that. Well, this guy's not in your division and I know that you're not going to idol worship, but I consider him the best MMA fighter of all time. Um, and he doesn't have the greatest track record publicly. I'm, I don't know if you know who I'm talking about now, but I think John Jones is an amazing artist in the octagon. I know he's had a couple somewhat close calls, but for the most part, because be, besides the disqualification for illegal elbows to Matt Hamill, um, Matt Hamill was out of his league fighting at John Jones, in my opinion. Um, John Jones wins that fight 10 out of 10 times. It, the disqualification sucks, but would you... First off, you consider him a great fighter. Let, I want to push everything else out the room, okay, Bo? Like, let's not talk about any of the incidents. But is he a great fighter? And would you break down film on John, John Jones with his wrestling background, his athleticism, and his unorthodox approach to winning fights? Well, I, I definitely consider John Jones a great fighter, and he's a guy that I watch a ton of film on. You know, he's a guy that um, is uh, ultra-competitive, you know, great mindset for the sport, somebody that I, um, as far as skills go, I respect his skills a lot. He, he does a lot of things very well, has a great base, has diverse attacks and, uh, super high fight IQ. So that's a guy that I, again, see as a very good fighter, as a guy that I do watch a lot of film on who I study and break down. And yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff that he does really well, you know, guys that'll be super you know useful for me and i would love to you know even train with them and pick his brain at some point um will he fight yeah i think he's fighting again in this year so isn't he fighting at heavyweight right yeah heavyweight which if he can go win the heavyweight belt then i think he goes down as the undisputed greatest of all time regardless of all the other stuff that you know he's been caught up in um, who has the belt? Like I'm, I'm not being ignorant, but it wasn't. It's Nagano, but he's hurt, correct? Yeah. So Nagano has the belt. Um, I'm pretty sure. I don't think they had an interim title. Um, I think maybe they had an interim title with Cyril Gan, but then Nagano beat him uh, when they fought last. So Nagano has the belt. I would think John would fight. Maybe like Stipe or somebody like that, and then fight for the belt after that. So, yeah. All I can find is that he hope they hope he, or they say he might fight, and he says he hopes he fights on December 10th at UFC. Mm-hmm. 280, 280, uh, yep. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I bring him up because where does it, like you, you're talking about building a fight career. And I wanted to transition into this, Bo Nichols. Where does it all go wrong to where, like, your legacy could have went down as, like, the most feared, maybe not feared is the right word, but the most badass 
MMA, which is arguably one of the biggest sports in the world since the UFC did what it did with the Fertitas and, and, and Dana and how they sold it. I get all that. But John Jones could have had the world um, being that type of an athlete. Where does it go wrong? Um, is it addiction? Is it ego? How, how are you going to prevent this from happening and what's going to become a star-studded career like John Jones could have had? Right. Well, you know, I think about it. The first thing I think is important is that when John Jones won the belt for the first time, he was like 20 years old, 20 or 21, you know, the youngest UFC champion ever. And um, that's hard. That's a really hard place to be at that age, you know, thrust in the spotlight and given all that money. Like it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to kind of navigate. And so for me, I I just feel very grateful for all my life experience up to this point. Like, you know, I'm 26, I'm married. I have a great, uh, support system around me, family management team, teammates and friends, all people with great heads on their shoulders that I've been with for a long time, long time before I've got to this point. There's nobody that, you know, has jumped on the bandwagon, uh, and joined in now that is in my close circle. Even my management team I've been with since 2019 before I even had, before I even trained MMA in the slightest. So, um, that's something that I just can't stress enough. How important it is to me is that support system and that life experience that I have. And, you know, I do feel, I feel for guys a lot of times that have that spotlight at such a young age without, um, a way to kind of discern what's important to them. And it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of people, you know, trying to influence you at that point. But for me, I, I just feel like I'm in a completely different position in life. And, uh, you know, I'll always stick to my roots and stick to my guns and what I know. And the people that I'm with now are going to be with me forever. Like I said, the same as in fighting, like I'm not really looking for new friends. I got all the friends I could ever want. And I'm very grateful for, you know, God blessing me with all of these people and all of this support. It's a great point. <clears throat> Excuse me, Bo Nickel. It's a great point. Um, Britney Spears, Justin Bieber, Mike Tyson, um, 21 years old, undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, covers of Sports Illustrated and Bentleys. The guy's buying two or three tigers, not kitty cats. He's buying tigers two or three at a time. Mansions yeah. in New York and the Catskills in Las Vegas. Um you can't do that when you're 20, 21 years old. You you got to have a support system. Maybe his management steered him the wrong way. Maybe Don King played a role in it. But I know that, you know, after Customato died and Kevin Rooney was fired and the whole thing started to trickle down on Mike Tyson, you make a great point, Bo Nickel, that, man, that's hard to navigate that. We, we, we don't understand what it's like to be in those shoes. At 20, I was some wannabe baseball player on a college campus thinking I was cool, but in reality, I was getting a $600 a week stipend check for a scholarship that really, could you imagine being worth $300 million like Mike Tyson was at the time he was 24 years old? Yeah. You know, that's, that's just insanity to me. And you're setting, setting these young people up to fail. Truly especially if they don't have a support staff. And I think, you know, more important than having people around you that are good people is just having, uh, you know, character and, and values that you're not willing to compromise on. And for me, that, that comes from my faith and uh, my relationship with God. And um, that's, you know, I think where all of this comes from, not only is he providing amazing people in my life and amazing opportunities, but, you know, that's, something that I really truly feel like is foundational to like, you know, my, my being, my existence and why I was put on this earth. So if you, if you don't have that foundation of, of faith, then it's like, there's nothing really to fall back on. And there's no real reason to like, not make decisions that, that, you know, seem great in the moment, but maybe aren't the best decision in the future. So for me, like I'm always going to stay true to, you know, my faith and, and, and God. And, um, that's, you know, a big part of why I'm in the position that I am in. And well, that's really the only, he's the only reason I'm, I'm in the position that I am in. And when people don't have that, I don't know how they, 
make any good decisions at all. It's got to be hard. Let me ask you this, though, Bo Nickel. With your faith in what you just said, <clears throat> does it help you not judge? Does it help you not become a critical? Or does it prevent you 100% from not getting into a, a discussion with myself or your your good buddies of saying stuff like, Dude, John Jones is a freaking idiot. Like what? Uh, John Jones DUI. John Jones drugs. John Jones this. Does it give you the ability to look at it like, hey, we're not th- in those shoes. John Jones, first and foremost, is a great fighter. Has he made bad decisions? Has he been given chance? Did he take steroids and PhDs and performance enhancing enhancing PEDs and performance enhancing drugs? Like, do you judge that stuff, Bo Nickel? Do you become a critic of people like that? Or how? what's your outlook on that with all the negativity, negativity surrounding a man like John Jones? But in your heart, you know how hard it is to go through what he's gone through. You know, I think, I think something that's been really big for me and kind of, a, I guess, a mantra in how I've lived. I, I've just, you know, kind of realized this this past year, but, you know, everybody's on their own path and everybody makes their own decisions and, you know, nothing is nothing that anybody else does is really personal to me or personal to anybody. Right. It's, it's, everybody's on their own path. And, you know, that, that to me means that, you know, I, I don't have any authority or room to judge anybody else on what they're doing in their daily lives. All that I take from those situations is the opportunity to learn and to not have to go through life experiences like spiders jumped on me. Sorry. Good, Anderson but. Silva's there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a pretty good MMA joke, Bo Nickel. That, is, that was solid. I like that one a lot, but yeah, the uh, idea like that, you know, everybody's on their own path. Basically, you know, if somebody goes through an experience, that's a tough situation that I can learn from those situations and not have to go through that same experience. And I, I would hope that, you know, for me right now, I'm in a point in my career where, you know, I'm trying, I'm still building, I'm still working towards goals, but eventually I'm going to move on to a position where I've done what I can do in, in a competitive sense. And I want to be able to give all the experience that I've gone through and share those with people that are in, you know, my, that are, that are trying to do what, what I did and help them not have to deal with all the hardship and the difficulties that I've gone through and make it, make it easier for them. And, you know, hopefully they, improve and do even better than, than I will. So I think that's just part of life and an important part of it that I've kind of been realizing lately. Um, I think it's very, I think it's very beneficial uh, to hear you talk about this. I've had conversations like this with another college wrestler named Kyle Dake, who, you know, um, pretty, pretty good college career. Would you agree? Yeah, not bad. <laughs> um, I think it's a great mindset to understand that you can't just jump the gun and put your, you know, and and, and critique somebody and judge them until you lived in their shoes. We would hope for somebody that they would not keep having consistent bad luck or bad decisions. Um, Some of it's got to come down to, Hey, you got to quit making bad decisions. You've been given other chances, but I think it's good that you realize your support system, your faith, your wife, your, your, your circle, your trust tree, if you will, Bo Nickel, um, your coaching staff, your soon-to-be business team and agents and marketing and public relations, and things are going to get bigger. You're going to be a UFC star. And to know this at 26, and that you're not even five, you know, you're five years from your prime still, as you stated before, I can't wait to see where the career goes. I love watching you fight. I love the idea that you're a NCAA multi-time champion. You're a pin master. You're a a wizard of the stick, I would call it. Um, uh, I just loved watching you stick people. You could freaking absolutely pin people. Like I, I love going back and watching your matches. Let me ask you a couple questions regarding collegiate wrestling. How hard is it to do what Burroughs did? three weeks ago. Do you have the utmost respect for this many world and Olympic titles? Is his dedication and focus to the sport unparalleled as far as I know there's people like you that have the same mindset, but is this one of the most respectful wrestling careers of all time? Yeah. I mean, I think if you look at it, um, 
as far as his accomplishments and what he's been able to do, um, you can't really argue with that. That's something that, uh, you know, seven, seven world championships and a long, long career and a lot of winning. There's uh doesn't really matter what I think um, opinion wise. Doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks he's, his results speak for themselves. So, you know, regardless of anything, I mean, he's won seven world championships and no one can uh, argue that. How proud of you were for your, of your friend, David Taylor with his world championship a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you know, it was really cool to see David win, um, especially, you know, having uh, been there through seeing all his hard work and everything that he, you know, sacrifices. Um, so I was definitely really happy for him. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that his commitment level is really unprecedented. And, you know, if anybody deserves to go out there and win, he's that guy, you know, he, he – uh, he puts in the work and does what he needs to do to win. And, uh, that's something that's, you know, very, very, uh, respectable. Um, some big fights coming up. We always end our conversations with the great, the great college wrestler and on a tear so far in his UFC young career at three and O, uh, I guess MMA professional fighting career at three and O, but a very new member of the UFC roster, Bo Nickel, um, sometimes he predicts, right. Sometimes he predicts with his heart. Sometimes he predicts with his emotional sense of love and respect for his, uh, ex teammates, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, the next card coming up, Poirier Chandler, um, both badasses. Um, Chandler comes over from strike force, has a couple tough bouts, but, uh, the leg kick to Ferguson in his last one is, is one of the most watched videos I've seen in a long time in the UFC. Who's your pick on this one? Oh, you're putting me in a tough spot with that, with that one, just because, you know, obviously we have Chandler wrestler, you know, guy that really reps that blue collar work ethic and who I, uh, respect a lot. And then we have, you know, Dustin, American top team teammate guy I've trained with and been around quite a bit since transitioning over to MMA. Um, I think the, the, the real winner will be the fans because those dudes come, come to bank and uh, they're entertainers. They're guys that really, uh, they're must, must see TV. And, you know, if I have to be impartial and objective, then I think Dustin will win. I think he's got the cardio advantage. I think Chandler will I mean, of course, they're going to come in and bang and strike. And Dustin doesn't really lose too many of those fights when the guys are banging with him and stuff. So, you know, objectively, I'd pick Poirier, you know, uh, based on those things. And, yeah. So you're taking Dustin Poirier over Michael Chandler. I am. I am. It's a little weird because, you know, picking against a wrestler, but Chandler doesn't really wrestle too much in his fights. And if I just look at it from a – you know, objective perspective. I think they're both going to come out there and throw bombs and Dustin just has more experience and he seems to get the better end of those exchanges with just about everybody. I think his fight with Oliveira, you know, we did see him get hit, but we saw him drop Oliveira quite a few times in the first round. And what really, uh, what really made the difference was that high level jujitsu of Oliveira. And I, I just, I just, and in addition to that, like Dustin, his cardio is, pretty insane not that Chandler's isn't good but he seems to put a little more into his punches and I think Dustin's a little more relaxed in there in the striking so you know I think that's the way that the fight will play out is it'll probably be a decision win for Poirier I think okay I'm going against you Bo and after your next fight we'll have you back on this life ain't for everybody but I'm going to take Chandler I like it it's going to be a good fight so we'll see what um is your prediction for the spider that just jumped on you? Just kidding. Um, Silva, Jake Paul. Is Jake Paul a joke? Now, here's a here's a critical question before I let you go, Bo Nickel. Is this 
he doesn't have your career of wrestling. He doesn't have your background of, of being brought up in the sport. He, he's what people call a YouTube little uh, sensation or whatever, but he's beat some guys. He's, he's taking care of some ex-UFC guys. He's stepped up to the plate. He looks like he can throw hands a little bit. Is there a respect of Bo Nickel for what Jake Paul is doing to make money in this career? Um, or do you? is it laughable to you? And then finally lead us out with your prediction against Anderson the Spider Silva. You know, I think people obviously want to make fun of Jake Paul or say this and that or whatever because he's the way he started off, you know, as a YouTuber and everybody, you know, nobody thinks that a YouTube, a kid off YouTube can can do the type of things he's done. But, you know, from my perspective, again, I'll try to be objective about these things and no, no real emotion involved. But I think, you know, he's a real boxer. He has skills. He's a strong dude. He's young. He works hard. He's definitely on steroids. No, I don't know if he's on steroids. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but he, uh, you know, he's a fit dude that's committed to what he does. So um, I think with that being said, there is absolutely respect there, you know, especially kind of coming out of nowhere to where he is now. He's fighting Anderson Silva, one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time one of the most dynamic strikers of all time who is a real threat. Like that's, that's not an easy fight. That's, you know, for, for Jake Paul to take that fight is definitely shows guts and it shows self-belief and that's, you know, without a doubt, something to respect. So I'm excited for the fight. I really haven't watched him. Um, bro, like I haven't really watched either of them box. So I don't really feel like, I'm in a place to make a solid prediction um, because like I said, I have zero film study on Anderson Silva, zero film study on Jake Paul. I've only seen highlights of their knockouts, which that doesn't really mean anything at all. Um, so I don't know coin toss. I don't even really, like I said, feel like in a good position to uh, make a decision, but I think if uh, for a better storyline for the fight, Jake Paul would win just because that would be cool. You know, Anderson's obviously older and hopefully he's making a big fat check on this fight. And I think for storyline wise, it would be better if Jake Paul could win and continue to, you know, rack up wins in boxing. It would just be better for boxing, for MMA, for the whole combat sports world in general, if Jake Paul wins. I'm going to say after we, after we come back on or I'll text you, Bo Nickel, I'm taking Jake Paul with a knockout in round one. And I, I have huge respect for Anderson Silva, but I honestly think that with his reach, he's going to, I think Jake Paul will knock him out in the first round. I would love to, that would be insane. That would be crazy. So we'll, we'll see. You never know. What is uh, your status right now? When will we know your next opponent and when your next fight date? Let's go out with the great Bo Nickel right here at This Life Ain't For Everybody. When will we see you back in the UFC octagon? We'll see me back in the octagon early 2023. Um, I want to fight in America. So, a big card in the United States. Um, that's, that's my next, uh, objective. So right now I'm going to chill for a little bit and get straight back to training. Um, but yeah, probably early 2023, we'll see another, uh, another epic performance and my first you know, fight in the UFC. Another great conversation right here at this life ain't for everybody with the man, Bo nickel for all you fight fans out there. Get on the bandwagon right now. This dude is for real. I was a huge fan at Penn State. I'm talking, you want to get your ass whipped, you go mess with this dude on a wrestling mat, and now he's allowed to throw hands and take you down and and choke you for real. Like That's one of the most vulnerable things to ever happen in a person's life is to have somebody wrapped around their neck choking them out. There's, It's not fun. It's not funny. It's just not good. You've got to keep people off your neck. Um, and the Bo Nickel, he is coming... Uh, for real. Like this is the real deal. I've watched his fights. He's three and oh in his professional career. And we're going to watch him become a superstar in the UFC. Thanks for being back on here, my brother. Thanks, Chad. Appreciate you. We'll see you soon. Bo nickel. This life ain't for everybody. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for the subscriptions and the downloads. We will be back at you with more. And here's another one we got coming up. The great Michael Chandler is going to be on the podcast next week. So be ready for that. We're going to have a pre-fight Dustin Poirier with Michael Chandler and a post-fight with Michael Chandler coming up right here at This Life Ain't For Everybody. So I'm not going to tell him who Bo Nickel picked in the fight. I'm not going to do that. I'm just not going to do that, Bo. I'm not. I don't even think you'd care if I would, do you? <laughs>
done, and I think you can let him know too because it's not personal. Oh, I know. <laughs> he he's he knows how much respect you have for him. I think he's a a tear, and his work ethic is right there. So we'll have the great Michael Chandler coming up, plus many more MMA badasses. Chad Belding, Bo Nickel, This Life Ain't For Everybody. Thank you all for being here. Because I'd rather be poor living off in a hole than rich as hell without a soul. Life on earth won't last too long, so what you gonna do when the money's all gone? I'd rather be poor living off in a hole than rich as hell. Without a soul, life on earth won't last that long. What you gonna do when the money's all gone? Say life on earth won't last that long. What you gonna do when the money's all gone?